0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 544, recorded on September 1st, 2022. (music) Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation. A lot of conversation tonight, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the average guy.tv studios here in a, be- a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska fall. is on its way. And of course, we uh, we post a show with some world class show notes. This week, not a lot, probably because a lot of conversation, but we post those out at the average guy.tv. Big thanks to Mike Weger, who came back and joined us last week. It's good to have him on, and I was super excited uh, to have him back. We're going to try and book some more times. But you know, Uyghur, he gets things started, and then he ditches them. So we'll have to see how it goes, but it was great to have Mike back. Jay Franzi is my guest uh, tonight. Jay uh, heard me say, hey, looking for some guests. And he kind of answered the bell, said, you know, I'd like to come on and chat with you. And I'm always up for a good chat. So, Jay, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks.
1: Well, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. I
0: just did it for the drink. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you knew we did pre-show drinks. And so, yeah, right on. All right. There's easier ways to do that, you know. Jay. But that i by myself, and that seems to No. Cool. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, I can't do cigars by myself either. I always feel like, no, that's, that's not right. Um, Jay, let's get to know you a little bit about, give us a little bit about your background, especially from a tech perspective. Where are you from? What do you do? Some of those kinds of things.
1: Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm originally from Boston, living in Cincinnati. I worked the past 30 years in the entertainment industry, working recording country records in Nashville. And for the past decade, I've been working in the security world, dealing with um, anything from the manpower to the security cameras and so on, taking care of our tech companies in Silicon Valley, spent three years over there, um, working with all of the big companies and any one of them that has a global footprint. And then I just came back to northern Kentucky maybe a year ago and I've been here and you know I'm trying to get schooled on my bourbon and <laughs>
0: you're you know, living in the land of bourbon that that's is for sure. sure. Yeah, I don't I don't know I, w- today as popular as bourbon is I, I don't that probably wouldn't end well for me so it's a good thing maybe I'm here in Omaha but there's pl- <laughs> there's plenty there is um there's plenty to go around you you have a podcast as well I'm gonna throw the the uh, the link in the chat for folks let's see if I still have that there talk a little bit about um, give us a little rundown on your podcast what do you guys talk about
1: sure no happy to do so um, it's called frenzy and Friends it's a show where leaders share secrets so we talk to leaders from around the world and kind of get the insight what's going on in their head how they were able to to make it in their career what they did to succeed and you know, work their way up the ladder. And we try to pull out the not just the the stories and what they do and it's not an infomercial of any sort. It's really trying to get the insights of how they were able to succeed and what we can do to take their tips and tricks and apply it to our own. So we take it, apply it to our own career and we try to move up the ladder. So it's been pretty good. We did it like everybody else. We started just before the pandemic. We were doing live shows. Mm. Um we were doing live shows at the office trying to just get people in our, in our company interested in being promoted. And we were bringing in special guests and we were just doing that type of thing. And then as the pandemic happened, it just turned into 100% remote and it's been remote ever since.
0: What have you, what have you enjoyed about the podcasting exp- as a host and the work that you're doing as a podcaster? We're not for for the tech guys are like, Oh crap. Jim invited a podcaster on. They're going to talk about pod because they know I love podcasting, right? We do a show every Saturday morning, and okay, just relax. The whole show is not going to be about podcasting, but I am interested in, it and it's my show, so just listen for a few. <laughs> so listen for a few minutes. What wh- what do you find interesting in the podcasting space?
1: Well, we do interviews, so I find it interesting to communicate and talk to other people within my own industry as well as other industries. Um, so. We do that. It's fun getting the tips and tricks and talking with these people and getting to know them. But it's from a technology side, I, I love the gear. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a table full of gear in front of me. I've got um mixing consoles, I've got the Rodecaster Pro and all those type of things. I just love the technology. I love putting on the shows. We use StreamYard similar to what you're doing tonight. And we we um like doing anything, anything from the graphics to the, you know, we spend time putting graphics together. We spend time dealing with the guests and trying to find, if we take on a guest that has a book, we take the time to read the book and we take the time to develop graphics specifically for them. We'd like to share their websites. We like to make sure that, you know, they're getting something out of coming on our show mm-hmm. because we try to get decent guests. I mean, we get some really good guests. We've had Emmy winners. We've had Grammy winners. Um, We've had, you know, all sorts of people in the tech world, people from Microsoft have come on. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had Miss America, two Miss Americas come on. That was a treat for me.
0: Nice. Actually, they actually won the, or they were competing for it.
1: We've had two of them. Um, One of them was Miss Arkansas, if I believe I'm remembering correctly. And I don't remember where the other one was from.
0: I got to uh, interview Miss Nebraska, not here, but on the, on the Gallup programs, we got to do that. And she's doing some great work. You know, part of that program is they've got to do a lot of leadership stuff, a lot of mentoring, a lot of leadership type things, and try to make the world a better place. Oh, they're, yeah. they're great interviews. She was, she was absolutely, um, she was dynamite. I'm sure that's, do you find yourself um, in, I, and I'm asking this, this is me now asking this, maybe not as a podcast host, but as Jim. Do you find you get intimidated at all by the the bigger the guest, the harder they are to interview? Do you have any issues with that? Because I do. Like I really, if if the guest is the bigger the guest, the more I kind of choke on it, you know, a little bit. Do you? Yeah. How how do you handle that?
1: You know, now it doesn't seem to be as a as much of a problem as it did at the beginning. Mm. Um, the beginning, I had a a really good guest on the show. It was a best selling author. She was the first um the first woman to fly the apache helicopters in the military mm. and she's done these presentations for harvard business school and she's written these a uh, few books and was just just countless stories and just amazing and that was a little intimidating only because i did it by myself i didn't have my co-host that night so it was a little bit of a different setup than i would normally do and I, I didn't want to lose the guest, and my co-host wasn't able to make it. So rather than rescheduling, we, we did the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you, so you're, you're saying it's gotten better over time oh, yeah. for you with the, with the bigger, with the, with the big, I've done, gee, I've done thousands of these and I'm still like, sometimes the bigger the guest, the more effort and the harder they are to interview on the program. I, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's something I just got to get over. But I, I actually enjoy this kind of conversation more. Now, the big deals that are out there, they, they like just to have a conversation, too. And I need to realize that. They put their pants on the same way we do, right? Or, you know, they, they just like to have a conversation as well. It's probably something I need to remember, you know, in, in in doing those interviews. Have you, have you come up, have you seen, as you've been interviewing leaders, have you seen any common threads through, through, you, you know, this is one of those things when you start, when you kind of focus in, you know, on, we focus in on technology. I start, you start seeing patterns, right? Have you seen patterns in in this this these leadership interviews that have kind of risen to the top?
1: Oh, absolutely. We've seen a, a handful. Um, one of the things we discuss is, you know, what tools you use. So we see the same tools over and over again. We mm-hmm. see the same type of tips of, you know, time management and people. You know, how do you manage your time? And well, we do time blocking on a calendar. All that stuff is great the first time, but when you hear it over and over again, mm-hmm. we wanna take that deeper. You know, what what can we do with that? How does that make us successful? You know, we talk about time time management and but nobody actually talks about how do you turn that into something. Yeah. You know, we just yeah. oh we gotta manage our time better. Well, how do you actually manage your time better and those type of things? But the things that I, I like is when we're talking about leadership, people they're very, very general and it's very warm and fuzzy type conversations. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not a fan of the warm and fuzzy type conversations. I want to get to the meat of it and I want to know what's going on. How did you do it? What steps did you take? For example, we talk about formal and informal education a lot because in our world lately, education is starting to matter less and less and less in a formal way, but informally it's starting to matter more and more and more. So I want to know to the people who are up in those leadership positions, the C-suites or the people who have made it in a particular industry, whether it be entertainment or movies, or whether it be, you know, in the world of security that I work or anything else, I want to know how important do you think it is in your career? So, for example, in my world, I work in security, so we have to have a certain amount of education to get to each level of our positions. But does it matter? Is that really necessary? No. Nobody ever draws back on it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I hear, well, you must have a bachelor's degree in order to apply. They don't care what the bachelor's degree is in. They just want to know that you have one. So what's the purpose of having it? Mm -hmm. Where for those who might not be able to go to school and get a bachelor's degree, whether it be because of finance or something else, they do have the ability to go online and take free education, whether it be courses or read books or so on and so forth which then allows them to learn the very specific about the job they're going for. They don't have to learn the fluff or, you know, so on. And that to me is what really matters when you can start pulling those type of nuggets out of somebody Mm -hmm. that matters. So Mm -hmm. get the real opinions, the real thoughts, what people are really doing to get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we like to have real conversations here. I try to, we try to get to, no, we try to have fun with it. Right. try to get to the point. Um, uh, but, but, kind of cover some of the things maybe others don't um i didn't cover this uh but shelby mentioned uh your wednesday nights 10 p.m eastern is that right um wednesday nights 10 p.m e yep and what's the easiest way if folks wanted to come out if, if my listeners wanted to check it out i threw it on the screen but is yeah. the easiest way franzianfriends.com okay franzianfriends.com it's is the
1: very best easy just go to the yeah. website there's even a live stream youtube right there that you can watch directly on the on the website
0: You've done a lot, of, and I'm getting some questions in chat, guys, and I'll get to those here in just a few minutes. Uh, um, Jay, you, you've got a background, though, in sound, yes. right? And get, tell me a little bit about what does that mean? What have you done? Uh, what does it mean? I mean, sound's always a mystery to me. <laughs> it's one of those kinds of things. I don't know how to make it good, but I know when it's bad, <laughs> for yeah. sure. It's very uh, easy tell, tell me a little bit about bad. your background. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your background.
1: Sure. If you don't mind a, a quick story, I, um, I went to school right out of high school. I went to engineering school. And at the time, I'm old, so at the time, there were only one engineering school in the country. And I convinced my parents to let me go there instead of trying to do something else. And when I graduated from that school, you know, they give you the piece of paper, the certificate you're holding on to. And I went back to Boston. And I was like, all right, here I am. I'm holding a piece of paper. Hire me. So I went to the only two recording studios that were in that town and I went and asked for a job and they both hired me. So I was like, oh, <laughs> this is great. But they hired me as an intern yeah, and, or freelance yeah. is what they called it. And I had right. no idea what that meant at the time, but I right. quickly learned it meant go out and hustle your own work and you can do yeah. it here. Yeah. So, but to, to me, what that was at the time was recording rock bands, you know, during the day I recorded books on tape. At one studio, and at night, I would cross the street and go to another studio where we would record rock bands. And it was great. I'd work till 2 or 3 in the morning and then wake up and do it again. But it was fun. It was something to learn, all the different microphones, all the different pieces of equipment. At the time, we were recording on um, 16-track, 2-inch tape, so the big reel-to-reel tapes, and just got to learn it all. It learned much more than I did um, going to school. So then after a while, I got to a point where I wanted to take it a step further and I moved to New York and I worked in a studio there for quite a while and then finally moved to Nashville. And I spent the last 20 years of that 30 in Nashville and I was able, I say able, I was lucky enough to hook up with three different producers there that worked on three different types of projects And they were very big projects. So I got to work with very big name artists and stuff that I would have never got to do on my own. So it was that networking piece. And as we talk about leadership and branding and all those type of buzzwords that people use, Mm -hmm. but really what it was is just what Nashville calls being a good hang. If you're a good hang and you can just fit in and get along with everybody, that's what people wanted. And I was able to go in the studio and record and work on some big records.
0: Mm. You're a Pro Tools user, and you've, I think you, you told me you've even made some, you have, you've made some educational videos of them and work on that. What, when we think about a DAW like that, and would we consider Pro Tools a DAW? Is that? Absolutely. Do I have that right? Okay. So when, when you think about that, do, does the average person, like if, you know, if you wanted to record some things or you wanted to do a podcast, do I have to go down the path of Pro Tools? Tell me a little bit about what it does and then answer the question, do I have to have it?
1: The, the quick answer is no, absolutely not. The benefits of having it are extreme, but no, you don't have to. So when we say DAW, what that stands for is digital audio workstation. And it is a computer software that allows you to, to simulate all of the things we used to do in a recording studio. It has a console. It has inputs and outputs where we'd plug our microphones in and get the sound to go through their digital console and it records on digital tape machine. So in a nutshell, you're just using it to to mix and record and then mix down or edit audio. We used it in Nashville to work on records with musicians. In the podcast world, you're recording dialogue, so you're recording the audio from a microphone like the ones we're using today, and it just records on individual tracks, and it gives us the ability to edit and make individual changes, or you know, odd, or any sort of editing capabilities you would like to do. You can move sections around. You can change frequencies. You can compress audio, give it that big radio sound, if that's what you're looking mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. All sorts of things you can do with this workstation. Even outboard gear. In the recording studios, we used to have racks of outboard gear behind us, which would be EQs, compressors, reverbs, um, delays. Now all that stuff's within the software. So within that software, we're able to manipulate and simulate everything we could do in a recording studio. And then when that first started, people would say, oh, you know, it doesn't sound the same. It doesn't give you that same, you know, sound as analog. But it doesn't. It's different. And whether or not you can notice those differences or whether or not those differences matter to you, it's, you know, it's personal taste. It's preference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We moved from, you know, I think about the 70s of high, high fidelity, very, very analog, very, you know, kind of the peak of that, of that era, right? In the early 80s, the Walkman came and kind of took over and everybody put on headphones, right? Which still sounded amazing. I remember the first time I put on a pair of, uh, you know, a pair of headphones from a Walkman, I'm like, oh my God, this sounds great. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's really close to your ears, right? You know? course, it sounds great, right? Those little speakers, everybody's like, How did they do this? And of course, as we moved from the Walkman, we moved, you know, CD quality then began to, you know, um, the Walkman was cassette, for those yeah. of you younger than us. And, uh, and in the late 80s, of course, uh, CDs became available. And then, of course, everything's gone digital. It's What's interesting is the CD is not necessarily, I mean, it is, but it's not the digital format that we think of today when we think of an MP3 or some of those kinds of things, right? A little bit, a little bit different. But when you say it feels different, our, our listening devices have gotten smaller. We've got earbuds in or we got canned headphones or or we're using little, little shelf speakers as opposed to the big gigantic speakers. How, how much of that is feel based on air moving into our bodies as opposed to just having earbuds in our ears and not really feeling that sound.
1: Sure. No, I mean, for anybody watching, I'm in an acoustically treated room right now, and it has the the monitors, audio monitors in front of me, and it has the bass traps in front. It has acoustic panels on either side. There's even a few back there on the wall. So the room is treated acoustically for a specific sound. We want the room to be as neutral as possible. So basically, all we're saying is if you play audio through these speakers, it should sound as flat as it can. You should have no exaggerated highs, no exaggerated lows. And when that happens, that then allows you to manipulate either music or dialogue or so forth, that it would balance it. So we know if we're boosting highs, that we're truly boosting highs. What you don't want is like in, in music, if you have, say, hip-hop or um, R&B music that has very heavy low-end. And if your room doesn't capture that low-end accurately, you could be taking the low-end out of your song because low-end builds up very easily in a small room. So if you're taking low-end out of a song and it sounds great in your room and then you go to your car, it sounds like there's no low-end at all. So it's very important to have things treated um, properly when it comes to acoustics. But like you said, I wear headphones most of the time at this point. Uh, I'm editing dialogue on a regular basis, so I don't need to worry about the frequency of my room when I'm editing dialogue. What I'm listening for at that point is room noise. Like, can you hear an air conditioner humming in the background? Can you hear a lawnmower going by somebody's house? You know, or is there a dog barking in the background? Mm So is there any sort of high-end frequencies that I need to, to manipulate to hopefully make things sound a little bit
0: smoother? When the pandemic hit, we, a lot of folks went home and we began to work that way remotely, right? And we, we really began to see the flaws in just audio, just to work, right? I mean, it was bad. Uh, It was very bad. It still continues to be bad in some ways. Um, I'm going to ask you in a minute, I'm going to ask you kind of about recording or about uh, hardware that you think can help the average guy. I mean, if you think about like, so I'm going to ask you that here in a second, but I want to ask you about treatment first, because we're looking at it on screen. You've got some wall treatment going in and, and I kind of want to ask you, you know, certainly, yeah, as you're, we're seeing it on video. You can head over to YouTube if you're watching the podcast, if you want to see the layout there. You, it looks really, really nice, but certainly maybe not average guy. If you were to think about a couple tips and tricks that the average person could do to create a space for, you know, some, for calls, for maybe, maybe even a little bit of podcasting, maybe a little bit of recording, maybe a little YouTube kind of stuff. What, what are some, what are some easy things we can do to at least just get the environment around us safe, so to speak? I'm putting that near quote, safe. <laughs> For no, recording. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, let me start by saying, uh, recording in the big studios in Nashville—they're multi-multi-million-dollar facilities that are, you know, perfectly designed for a purpose. And you mention my room, and you say it looks nice, and I, I appreciate that. Thank you, by the way, because I do enjoy it. But if you look closely, this is just my garage. Mm. I mean, so as we're, when we're talking about the average guy, I am the average guy when it comes to this because this is my garage. All I did is I bought acoustic treatments and i wish you could see the front because they're more impressive on the front here but the acoustic treatments are really what makes the difference because what they help you do is they they help the sound from reflecting off the walls from hard surfaces but you don't need to spend money on acoustic treatments you can put a you know a quilt up you know just hang a quilt You know, my wife has a photography stand, and you can just clip a quilt and put it in front of you because you're just talking. And as you talk into something, it keeps it from reflecting back into the microphone, giving that room noise that we typically hear. A real easy thing to do is go record in in a closet, Mm. a walk in closet.
0: I've That's heard that said. Dave Jackson says that you know oh. I, I podcast with Dave on Saturday mornings. Anyways, talks about pod- I I could not I couldn't do that. That I would be stare too. <laughs> it'd be well that too. I never thought of it that way. It'd be too claustrophobic for me. I need kind of an open. I need kind of an open area. Blankets, soft furniture, soft things. Right now, we can't get away from we got monitors. I have too many monitors in front of me. I have 9. I just put up my 10th, this one here today. Um, uh, I have a lot of hard surfaces around me, but my lights uh, have umbrellas. That's a soft surface. I've got, we've got some, um, I've got some equipment down here, you know, some shelving that we've kind of softened a little bit, right? Put some things in there to capture that sound. Are there other things that, that you can think of to help people to, to get that? Because you, you you've, you've taken that call from somebody and they're they sound like they're in, a, in a an echo camera. chamber and they're doing it on purpose <laughs> you know <laughs> you're like did you try and do this so anything else you can think of to help you know just help the average guy get a little bit better softer sound yeah. at times
1: absolutely if you look at your room I can see in the back of you it looks like you have a curtain to one side of you and you have a bookshelf behind you <laughs> so the curtain helps soften things right and the bookshelf ha- helps disperse. Sound. Mm. So what you don't want is when you hit a hard surface, if it's flat, that reflection is just going to come right back at you. If you hit a bookshelf, books are all different heights, different depths, different widths, and that's going to disperse the sound. So you don't need to have the fancy acoustic treatments that will be diffusers. You can just put a bookshelf behind you just like you have right Mm -hmm. there. That, I don't even know if you did it on purpose or not, but it does wonders. So let's say you did it on
0: purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally thought it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I know
1: you did. Yeah, we were talking about that. That was a great <laughs> idea. But yeah, so I mean, the bookshelf definitely helps, yeah. and it helps to have it behind you. Because what happens mm. is the reflections you you put out come back to you, and you don't want them to come back into the mic. Mm. What you want them to do is disperse away from it. So that definitely helps. The curtain behind you definitely helps. You know, I work with my co-hosts, and she's fantastic. And we were working doing something extremely similar with her. We, she says, she's the average lady, Miss Fola. Thank you. Um, but Miss Fola has been my co-host, and she does the same thing. We put a curtain up beside her just recently yeah. because her sound was a little bit too much of a room. So, absolutely. Yeah. No, I yeah. think those are definitely things we could do. Other things you can do is just like the foam here on the microphone, the little windscreen mm-hmm. depends on what type of microphones you're using, you know dynamic microphones versus condenser microphones using the proper polar patterns when you're doing that you know there's all sorts of little tricks we can do in our settings as well, so if you want anything like that, just let me know
0: well let's talk let's talk about settings because um I think that's sometimes you know what we we're doing zoom calls or we're recording here on StreamYard and we don't necessarily we connect. I mean, I, the, I spend, you know, I, I make my guests at work come thirty minutes early. By the way, let me answer this question. Um, Katie J asked, "What's your profession?" So, uh, Katie J, I am. Uh, and and by the way, Jay, your audience. This has been the best audience coming over to listen. I think a lot of the folks that are out there tonight came over from your podcast. So, nice job, thank you for oh, thank you for all. doing that. We have a ton of fun over here. I don't want to compete. I'm not here to no, steal okay. sheep. That's not what I do. Uh, um, We just we wanted to have an interesting conversation with you, but uh, KDJ, I am a podcaster now. I'm a full time podcaster for Gallup here in Omaha, Nebraska. So that's all I do all day. I I organize, I execute, I uh, uh, deploy and promote our podcasting infrastructure as well as do community management for um, for Gallup. So I spend time with about thirteen thousand of our certified coaches around the world, and I don't ever sleep because. It's global. And I'm just on the, I'm, I'm out there all the time with them. Um, so, but oftentimes, when I get my guests on, I have to spend the first 10 minutes, and we plan 30, so I make sure I've got plenty of time with them, of getting their sound adjusted. What, Jay, tell us a little bit about, what, what can the average person, and, and I'll, I'll change it to that. When I say guy, I'm a California guy. Guy is Everybody plural neutral for me anyways. I know not everybody it's that way. Uh, I mean, so we'll say, we say you guys. Person. Yeah. Use yeah. guys. Use guys. Yeah. Use guys. Um, but what can, what can we do? What, what are some, what are some tricks that we could do? What should we be looking at for the average person on, uh, on settings? Well, first of all, an
1: external microphone will do a world of difference. It really does. Whether it be yeah. USB, whether you use an XLR um, converter or so on, a External microphone makes a world of difference. You can get them in any different variety and any different price point. So you have those that are sub $100 and you have those that are, you know, thousands plus. So do they make the biggest difference from brand to brand, from, you know, price point to price point? They make subtle differences in most cases. Things you might notice if you put them side by side, but probably not things you're going to notice if you just use them one, you know, a one-off. So... Mm. Nice. Um, so the microphone matters. The windscreen on the micro- microphone really matters. What you don't want is plosives and that type of stuff. The mic placement is a real easy thing to do to help a new person. If you put the microphone, mine's slightly angled. I'm not talking directly into it because if I was, it would sound boomier and it would lend itself to more of the popping piece. So by talking past the microphone, you're... Saving the the plosives, and like I said, the windscreen helps. Um, As far as other pieces of gear, or the microphone settings, um, polar patterns, cardioid, absolutely cardioid. Pick cardioid if you're going to do this. If you don't know what that is, it's the symbol that looks more like a heart shape. But you want that because it's going to take the sound from the front of the microphone, not the back. So it kind of rejects the sound from any other angle other than the one it's pointed at. So this particular microphone is cardioid. It's pointing towards my mouth. Even though I'm not talking directly into it, that is what it's doing. So it's a cardioid pattern. You can choose um, super or hyper cardioid too. It's just a n- narrower point. So I think that matters.
0: Okay, what are you using? What's your mic there? What do you have?
1: Um, this is the Shure SM7B. Uh,
0: and $600 dollars maybe on that microphone five six something I think like that something like that um, I'm using a uh, audio Technica ATR 2100 they have a 2100x Samsung Samsung soN has a um, Samsung Q2u that are it's right at the hundred dollar price point and I've been tempted Jay to buy the more expensive mics but because I do this average guy thing, I'm like, well, I kind of need to be like, and I think this is the perfect mic for, for everybody. It's one of those kinds of things. And I I think some, some folks, when we moved to Zoom thought, oh yeah, just the microphone on my camera Camera will be fine or the microphone on the computer. And unless you have a really good Mac, no, (laughs) in most cases it sounds terrible. The problem is Jay is won't, people won't tell them that they sound terrible. Like right. other people don't know. This is the thing. You and I have a curse. We get on a call and we immediately are trying to fix their audio. <laughs> like, um, Hey, let's take a second. <laughs> let's yeah, take let's a second to fix your audio. Or adjust that. Yeah. Are we coming in from your, you know, I've seen people have a headset on and, and by the way, headsets, they make some really good headsets. Now the pan, one of the things the pandemic did was forced Logitech and Plantronics and and um, um, what's the, what's the other name? Um, it forced them to make really good headsets. And they're in that 150 to $250 range. And they sound really good. They're comfortable, have a good microphone, you get that microphone super close, and then you get way better audio. But the reason I asked you about settings is because oftentimes they jump on the call and they don't have the settings, right? So they got this headset, we're still coming out of there. And I'm, and I'm always surprised how many people are uncomfortable by headsets or even microphones, right? They get intimidated by these things. What do you, what do you, I always tell people, don't worry about it. It makes you sound great. But how do you, how do you get people past that intimidation factor of, you know, having a, having a really good microphone? No, that's a
1: good point. I don't think, like I said, I don't think a microphone matters. If you you talk about the average guy, and your microphone is very good, by the way, because it's XLR and USB, so you, you have the functionality, right. the ability to do either or. And it's a great sounding microphone, and you're using the windscreen. It's by default a cardioid microphone, probably does not right. even have any other settings on it. No, no sense. And it, um, I don't even think it has a filter on it, but if it did have a filter on it, there's these things called high pass or low cut filters. And filters. They they cut out the low frequencies. This particular microphone does have that. It has a high-pass filter, and it also has uh, enhancement just to boost the high end a little bit. So those are some settings you can tweak. But as far as just the intimidation factor, most people, when they come onto the show, I send them a, pre- a prep sheet just so they know what to expect. Please wear headphones. Otherwise, you can end up having echo over the microphone and those type of things earbuds, the earbuds that come with your phone are fantastic. They work, they're great, they sound good, they, they, they're right up in your ear, exactly. Mm-hmm. But you're not using the microphone on that, you're just using the, Correct. the the headphone portion. Correct,
0: yeah.
1: And we talk about average guy again, you're talking about earbuds that are about $150, which are fantastic. But these headphones here, these are studio headphones, they're made by AKG, which is a great brand, they sound amazing, they're $50. dollars hmm You know, so I I bought two sets. I've got one set to my left and one to my right, depending on what piece of equipment I'm using. So I, I love them that much that I was willing to invest in two pairs. Yeah. And like I said, for $50 and they, they absolutely sound amazing.
0: What's, what's funny is on this podcast, I've always done it with earbuds. So I can't, I don't like the look with cans, but at work, I use a headset most of the time. Now for the work podcasts, the last couple of years I've been doing them at home. I have a studio at work as well. And I use earbuds in the studio. But when I'm doing regular calls, I just throw my headset on. It's a lot easier than putting earbuds in and going to the microphone, bringing the microphone over. I did find the microphone intimidated some people. So I was like, okay, I'll just go with a regular, um, I'll just go with a regular headset uh, and get that done. But I think, I think the advice I always have is, do the thing that works for you. <laughs> like, do, do it. One of the advantages to having a microphone like this, and I run it through a Motu M2 uh, audio device. So XLR out into that, and then it amplifies it. You get an amplified a sound of your own voice back into your ears so you know exactly how you sound. Sometimes I've got a pair of Logitech uh, headphones at work, and it's muffled. And so I find myself talking a little bit louder. I mean, I talk loud already. Let's just be really <laughs> clear about that. Um, uh, and so I find myself talking a little bit louder in those. I've got to figure out a way to amp those up in my own ears um, if I'm going to use them long-term. They have a great microphone on them, uh, but it it it's not going to make a difference if I'm yelling at people, you know, as I'm talking to them. Couple couple questions coming in. I told the chat room I would get to questions. So So, Jay, let's take a few questions. Justin asked the question, Justin, hopefully you got to stay with us. He was having some, some bandwidth problems to stay around. But he says, do those isolating mounts, and I have one right here, actually, this is a built-in kind of isolating. It separates the microphone from the arm that hopefully if I tap the desk or something dropped on it would break the sound between the arm and the mic. But Justin says, do those isolating mounts like the Rode uh, SM2 make a big difference? Jay, there's certainly a variety of these, all kinds of crazy wires and stuff. Some are huge, some are small. What's been your experience with those?
1: They make a huge difference. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Like you were saying, if you bump the desk, like I'm you know, hitting my desk right now, it is not making any noise over the microphone. I mean, if I move the the arm, you can hear the squeaking of the, the hinges. But you wouldn't hear any noise from the vibrations Mm -hmm. to the microphone. Mm -hmm. So the squeaking of the hinges is probably something I should work (laughs) on. A
0: little little bit of grease on those, maybe a little bit of oil.
1: So, yeah, I think those mounts matter. I think depending on the microphone, like this particular microphone has built-in shock and it, it works very well. It's one of the reasons why a lot of people use this microphone. I know some people use it because they like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just a great sounding microphone and it has all of the features you would want for dialogue. Mm-hmm. We've used it on guitar amps. I mean, we've used it on everything. So, I mean, it's a great all around microphone, but it is fantastic for dialogue. The, my, the microphone you have is a great microphone for dialogue. The setup you have with the arm as well as the mount, everything there is fantastic. I like your arm. I mean, this arm here it was, it's a good arm. It's, it's really nice. It's really sturdy. and, it probably cost me more than I needed to spend. Where Road, I don't know what model you have, I think it's,
0: it's a Rode. PS1.
1: So those yeah. I like better because they're easier to move. So mm-hmm. as long as you don't put something on it that's too heavy, they move very easily. they don't make any noise. This one, like I said, squeaks like crazy. So sometimes the spending the more money isn't worth spending the more money. Right. Now, this microphone's a little heavier than that microphone, so that could particularly co- or could possibly cause a problem. The other microphone I like is the the Rode, um, what's it, the Rodecaster? Um,
0: yeah, no, I know what you're talking about.
1: The little one, not the big one. The big one's great, too, but the little one, the the Rodecaster or the Rode whatever it is.
0: Yeah, I'll look it up here while you're talking.
1: But I've, I've recommended it to a handful of people, and it's a, a great microphone. Um, but its it doesn't come with a windscreen, so it's, it's something that you need to invest in something extra, Otherwise, you're popping peas and you're creating a lot of sibilance.
0: You know, you know. It's just as a side note. I've been watching a lot of YouTube over the last couple of years, and and a lot of YouTubers are moving to these Rode Wireless Go two mics. Oh yeah, and they're just clipping them here, and it it's totally changing the sound on YouTube. You know, it's so much better now when they you, do
1: that. You mentioned intimidation. There's a way to get rid of all the intimidation <laughs> of a microphone, a lavalier microphone. Um, the headset for beginners, the headset's fantastic because you don't have to keep telling them to talk into the microphone. You know, we deal with a lot of people who put a microphone in front of themselves and then start turning around and changing direction and you can't hear them anymore. Yeah. So those are one of the things, the lavalier is great. We have a set of lavaliers here in the studio when we do in person stuff, but that's been very rare these days.
0: Yeah. It's just been a, it's been interesting when those first came out, they were big and boxy and I, actually made some comments like I didn't like what they look like and I didn't like it when people wore them on their shirts and I was like that thing looks dumb you know and then all of a sudden I started noticing man the audio on YouTube has gotten so much better over the last you know two years or so well it's these these wireless go-to's everybody's got them and they're ones they're putting yeah they're putting a little windscreen on it and they're just putting it right here you don't hear the rubbing right that if you get you're getting really good audio out of them it's a great way it'll sync you know they sync with any camera and so and i shouldn't say any but most cameras by the way the rode pod mic i think yes. is what you were thinking of yeah hundred dollars and, yeah. and and
1: i it, guess the, the sounds fantastic and it yeah. looks fantastic it's a great looking microphone
0: it does look good. You'd want to put a windscreen on it for right. sure of some kind, either a flat one on the front or, or I, I, right. I kind of prefer these foam ones. They're, they're not quite as intrusive as the flat ones are. Unless um, if you
1: hit it, it's, you're not going to cut it, yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It doesn't, it doesn't make a sound. Um, I think, but I think for a lot of people, uh, if they would just up their game a little bit with a headset, And for gamers, if you, if you're a gamer and you have a gaming headset, just use it. Like, it sounds really good, right? In a lot of cases, it's going to be a lot better than you coming through. We, we got, um, we started buying Lenovo's at the beginning of the, we mean Gallup, started buying Lenovo's at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, And I got issued a brand new one just weeks, just a week before we, we had, we got sent home. And that microphone on that thing sounds like it got taken out and stepped on and then <laughs> someone poured water on it and then they stepped on it again and then put it back in and hooked it up backwards. Yeah. So it's horrible. I mean, it's just, a, it's the most, it's the most terrible mic. I, when, the other day when I was on with somebody, and this was kind of one of our muckety mucks who was doing this presentation, I had to send a note on the side. I'm like, you should have somebody look at your laptop. Like that mic is definitely broken. And nobody, nobody had the, nobody had the guts to tell her that, you know, she'd been doing this for a year, maybe with this terrible sound, you know, it's awful. And so I've, I've tried to encourage people if you, it, 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 I mean, if you can at least get a headset, if this is too complicated for you, oftentimes a headset can fix it, you know, something like that. Any other thoughts on that, Jay? Um,
1: Placement. Mic placement's a big deal. Yeah. Like we said, the patterns and all that stuff. And you talk about intimidation. Intimidation can be on both sides, right? So if you're the guest on one of these shows that you're not used to doing and not used to being in front of a microphone, the intimidation of how to use it, how to talk into it, where to place it, all those things are intimidating. And you don't want to be thinking about that when you're trying to answer questions. So then the other thing to do is the intimidation of seeing the host who's on the other side with, you know, the expensive gear and the headphones and they look like they're trying to be a radio DJ and we're just going out doing the whole nine yards. And then the guest gets on, they go, Oh boy, did I, do I not have the right stuff? Am I okay? And then they start being self-conscious of their, their camera or their microphone that's in their computer. And so I think when we're dealing with intimidation, it goes in both directions. We need to, just talk to people and just let them know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we do the same thing you do before a show. We send out a pre packet and we let them know what to expect. And then when they come on the show, we spend 20 or so minutes just talking to people and just getting, making things comfortable and letting them know what we're going to do. And we tweak the sound. Even in StreamYard, it has some sound settings that we tweak. Um, but yeah, it's just all about settings. So I have the Rodecaster Pro off to my right here. And we change the settings in those. Uh, myself and my co-host both have a Rodecaster Pro, so we changed the the noise gate and all of the different settings within there.
0: Mm-hmm. But 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 that's really an advanced option, right? I think it you is. know, in the early days, we'd buy mixers. Yes, <laughs> right. We'd buy Yamaha or or. Um, I'm trying to think what did Even I have.
1: Behringer is the low. Cost. yeah Mackie
0: is Mackie I, I, I ruined two maxi Mackie mixers with wine like I spilled one <laughs> I, I just put wine right in front of it and then I knocked it over and of course you get you get anything in those sliders you're done I just stuck right to it right We would do advanced sound with mixers today the the roadcaster Pro uh really kind of replace and that they have a pro 2 Yep. Um, there's, there's a couple competitors in there of, of some things like that. The pre, the mix pre yep. three and six, they're kind of advanced. And I, I think for most people, they don't need that much if they, no, they can get a, not. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think at the very basic level is some kind of audio device, uh, uh, um uh, pro prosonic, no sonic, why am mm, you know, I think I prosona, yeah. Pre There we go it must be the the uh, bourbon I and got, the, uh, the beer mixer right in it. front of me uh a, a presonus of uh, a Focusrite, yep, right? focus they right right they make amazing they focus make right these makes amazing gear yeah and they turn a microphone like this into magic and then they give you audio back so you can and you know we're talking another 100 to 100 to 200 uh but it, but it it kind of gets us there bob a uh, producer bob had asked uh when or why do people add something like a cloud lifter First, Jay, what is a cloud lifter and then why would you add it to your SM7B?
1: Sure. A cloud lifter is also known as a bump box. And basically, what a bump box is, is a microphone like this is power hungry. So it requires a lot of power to produce the sound from this type of microphone and, if, and a lot of others. It's not just this one. But this one specifically, it takes a lot of power to generate it. And a bump box just boosts the decibel level. So that way, when you plug it into your mixer, it's now at a normal level that any other microphone you would plug into that mixer would be. So it, the new Rodecaster Pro Two, their preamps are powerful enough that you don't need the bump box. Mm. I'm using the original Rodecaster Pro here, and I do have a Cloud Lifter on it. So Cloud Lifter being the brand name, but I have the right. the right. bump box on here. But the that's a great point. Because the bump box is another hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. So if we're talking about the average person buying this microphone and then for five hundred dollars and then a bump box for another hundred and fifty dollars, now you're talking about a lot of lot of money. Where if you buy the the Rode Pod mic for a hundred dollars, you know, you're great. You're you're golden, you don't need it. Or some of those sub one hundred dollar microphones are also fantastic.
0: Yeah. But five, if you you can still purchase the the original version, about five hundred now. There's some deals on those because the Roadcaster Pro twos are now out, and those are seven hundred. It, it's it's an expensive solution. If if that's what you want to get into, then they're they're worth looking at. They're certainly the, I think they're the 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 leaders in the space right now. Um, in and, and I think at this point, if you were going to say, do I buy the Pro one or do I use the first version? and save the money or I go to the second version. It's like one of those things like windows where they get better each version that comes out and you might want to spend a few extra dollars on the, uh, have you, you have the, you have the original Jay.
1: I do. I have the original and I thought about upgrading and what the benefits would be to do so. And for me, the benefits do not make enough sense. And Mm. And I am that type of guy that when something new comes out, I usually go for it. So for me to tell you that it's not worth going for it, it probably means something. Um, and I, I don't say that lightly because the new device is amazing. But to me, there's a couple things about it that make it so I don't feel it's needed. I don't need the extra features. I'm not a gamer. I don't need those style of features. I literally just use it as a sound mixer. I do use the pads. One of the features that I think is amazing that I wish this one did have versus the two is the hard buttons on the front that allow you to switch the different screens of the sound pads. Mm. So right now, it's a soft button on the screen, and it would make it a lot easier to toggle between sound effects pages if I had that. So if I were to buy one new, if I was going to buy it now, I would definitely buy the two. But if you had the one and you were talking about upgrading, it's probably not worth it.
0: Yeah. Listen, I podcast full time and I, I don't have any intention of buying either one. I, it's it, for me, it's more than I want, it's more than I need. I mean, you, you see, tonight I don't do a lot of the trickery that, that all those things can do. I don't play sound effects. I don't, for me, uh, this my setup works the way I want it to. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't, I'm just saying. You you don't, I mean, think through that kind of decision and, and kind of be like, do I need that? I don't think I do. And I probably won't buy the second, the Rodecaster Pro 2. I just don't. And I'm a podcaster. Now, I'm probably an unusual podcaster from that perspective. All the <laughs> ones that I've talked to want it um, for sure. But I just oh, I don't do it. the fancy stuff.
1: Yeah. I absolutely love it and wouldn't do yeah. it without it. I think it's an amazing device. But again, is it a necessity? No. mm the sound pads are are cool. You, you know, they get overused when people sit there and use all the, yeah. the buzzers and the you know. It, that's great it, if that's the type of show you're producing. It's fantastic. You can't do it in any better way. But for me, doing this type of stuff, it might work for a pre-recorded you know sound clip I want to fly into a, a live show, things like that. But I don't even do that. No, I just like it. You know, for what it yeah. does, it's got a built-in headphone amp. It's got a built-in recorder, so I can. Do backup recordings for all of my shows right on the Rodecaster Pro, so for me that gives me a third level of backup. I've got the Rodecaster Pro recording, I've got the Streamyard recording, and then I've got the backup on YouTube. So if I ever need to pull mm-hmm. it down and strip it from there, I can do that. Yeah. So yeah. But to my left, I've got a Focusrite um, Scarlett Two I Two, which is what I use with Pro Tools. So for me, the Rodecaster is broadcasting only. So it's literally just the podcast. But the Scarlett 2i2 on my left is the I.O. interface. Ins and outs is what I.O. stands for. And it's the I.O. box that I use for Pro Tools. So it's what powers my, my two audio monitors in front of me to listen to. That's what my other set of headphones is plugged into. And it's what I have two microphone inputs if I need to record something on there. So I, I, I do that, and I do have a couple other microphones. I am kind of a, a tech junkie. <laughs> I like all the new toys, and yeah. I've got the you know lights attached to the desk, and all the stupid things are all around yeah. me, just because I like it. And I talk about it so much. I want to. I've got the stream deck over here on my right side. Um, just I like toys
0: you, you mentioned lights and we'll, we'll kind of wrap the podcast discussion up with that. And then I've got a question on some general gadget stuff, but sure. um, wh- what, what's your rule of thumb? I mean, I think lighting, you know, when I was first podcasting, I didn't really understand lighting. And it took my, the, the co, or the host of the show that I was, you know, we were starting to do more and more video. And, and there were two things. I had a squeaky chair and I had terrible lighting. And I just didn't know how bad it was, and and he sent me some Cowboy Studio, which I think has been bought a couple times since then. But he sent me some basic lights to kind of diffuse and get some of that lighting up. But how important is it? I you know, to, and how what kind of ways have you seen to get lighting? You know, again for the average person.
1: Well, the average person doesn't need any of the fancy stuff. You put a light in front of you maybe one on the ground behind you. And that is more than enough for you to do a podcast or talk to people or any of the stuff that we're doing. You can notice when I lean in like this, the room behind me gets dark. And then when I back up, it it lightens up and that's because of the lights in front of me. And they're just led lights. Um, If anybody's familiar with the Elgato lights, these are knockoffs of the Elgato's. They're just cheap um probably hundred dollar lights. They're they're nice, they work. They have a you know, nice little remote to them so you can change the the different colors and you can change the brightness. But they don't dim enough for me. So right now for me, especially being bald, that's another <laughs> reason for the headphones, Jim. It makes me look like I have a little bit more hair. <laughs> but they don't yeah. dim enough. Yeah. So to me they're very they're very bright. they're on the darkest setting in their lowest brightness, and they're still a little bright. But there's Mm -hmm. two. There's one in front of me on each side. And then I have others that are in the ceiling that are LED lights that shine down and kind of give that backlight effect, which is great if you want to do that. But do you need it? No, absolutely not. Just having something in front of you just so you light up. A, A light in front of you makes all of the difference in the world
0: really does. We, uh, when I send folks on the road or when they're on the road and we're trying to podcast from a hotel room, I'll say, is there any kind of light we can put in front of you? <laughs> you know, they want to get all the way up against the wall and I'm like, can we back up a little bit and get, get some light in front of you? Um, I've seen some podcasters buy the ring lights yep. and I'm a little mixed on those because they put, if you put them directly in front of you, they put rings in your eyes and that looks a little creepy just to be honest. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like the ring light just for that reason.
0: Yeah. And although I tell them they can diffuse that there's some things you can do. There's some plastic you can put over them to diffuse that you need to get some fairly thick plastic so that it diffuses all of the ring in there. Um, Mike Howard, uh, who was a good, a good friend of ours here on the podcast until he passed away just a couple of years ago, he would take milk cartons. He'd take a, light and then you take a milk cart and just clean it out, <laughs> cut the top off, and put it right over the top of the light to you and use it as a diffuser, right? And it's brilliant. I mean it worked great. His lighting was great, right now we've never lived in a better, better era of light bulbs. There are so many different tunable, color tunable smart, I mean, they're expensive. We used to spend 79 cents on an <laughs> incandescent light bulb. Now you're spending $15, right, on a smart bulb. But, but there's so many, like you showed the remote, there's so many options now to be able to control that light and then control the temperature of the light, right, right. as well. You, you talk, you've got it on the lowest setting because you're trying to draw out the most color uh, f- for, for you. I actually it's have a...
1: still bright.
0: It, well, it, um, we're kind of white, Jay, <laughs> you know, here, <laughs> it's, it's closer, kind you know, of the nature of the, 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 the beast. Devil. Yeah. Well, part of it's your camera too, in that, cause that sensor is so small, it's struggling. It'll do the same thing here. It gets a little darker. So I get a little bit closer. Um, that sensor's so small. It can't do a lot of things. I and mean, we, we won't have time to talk about cameras. That's a whole nother, like that's a whole nother podcast, but I actually have one, two lights up here. One's tuned to really white. The other's tuned to the more of the daytime kind of uh, yellow, I guess is the term. Yellow, orange, whatever. And I mix them together. You know, I mix them together. I don't, I should be, listen, I'm the gadget guy. I should be using tunable lights. But these, I need to, these things need to burn out first. Like, (laughs)
1: you know. Well, you mentioned going to a hotel. All you have to do is, Mm -hmm. every hotel has those floor lamps. Just take the shade off of it or just tilt the shade a little bit. You also mentioned the diffusers, and this—I don't know if this is appropriate or not—but I will tell you, I worked in a TV studio for a while, and the guy that was running it, he—the lights were too bright, so he took his underwear and he hung it over a light, so he had the tidy white. He's asking, acting as the diffuser, and it—it it worked. It worked like a champ.
0: Yeah, but yeah,
1: yeah. I think come you up with a different idea
0: with lighting. You can get really creative, and I and I and I think this is the golden era of lighting. I mean, you you. Yeah, you got to work a little bit at it. You got to kind of understand c- temperatures, right? That's, that's how they, and they use Ks, right? They use like, you know, starts at 1,000 and it goes to 9,000, I think. And somewhere we, we generally like somewhere between three and 6,000 K. That's, that's what's kind of good for color. But everybody's situation is a little bit different. And, you know, if you're thinking, if you're in a situation where you're trying to get a little bit better lighting for this kind of thing, Listen, the, every single webcam has a pinpoint sensor in it right now. They're just not very big, unless you've upgraded to a camera, to a real camera or something like that. They have a little tiny sensor. More light is better. Jay, I know you're, you're, you're you you say maybe not for you right now, but for most people, more light is better, right? right? They just don't have enough light. And that's something certainly easy to fix with. Heck, even they have, um, Philips makes some strip lighting, that you could put on your ceiling. You could just tack it up on your ceiling and then turn it on in the app. And you can tune that thing to anything you want. Put it in the front of you. Put it up high in the front and in a way so it just kind of shines down on you. And that That's strip I lighting.
1: Have a, I have yeah. two up here that are LEDs and they're, they're adjustable. But get this. I don't know who designed this. But the control is up in the ceiling. So you have to take the the light out of the ceiling to adjust it. So uh, I've set them one time, and they've been that way ever since.
0: Yeah, yeah. They've gotten a lot better, and their smart lighting has come light years, just in the last couple years. And, um, you know, it used to be all over the place, and it's starting to consolidate a little bit better, starting to get a little bit easier. Phillips is if you're listening to this and you're thinking, like, you're going to look, it's the most expensive option, Philips, but they have an ecosystem that kind of works all together. There's a lot of different systems that do that as well. Jay, you mentioned backlighting and I've never really understood the concept of a ba- like having a light behind me. I've never understood that. Can you can you tell me why it's important to have I don't sure. have one, but why is it important to have a light behind me?
1: If you have a light that typically sits on the floor behind you and shines up and captures the the back of your your head, usually it lights up and this is going to sound funny it lights up your hairline for, the, <laughs> for those listening i'm as bald as bald can be but it lights up your hairline and it breaks you from the background of the the wall cuz you can see my wall behind me that's a good distance behind me it's probably it's a garage so it's the length of a you know a car or so behind me um, but it's dark so having a, a light behind you would light up this the silhouette this the edge of your head and it just lightens you up and breaks you from the background. That's all it does. Okay. Is it necessary? No. Does it make it look much nicer? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's, I never understood that, like a backlight and until, now I've got some trickery going on here that's kind of doing that for me. But it, it, um, it was one of those things when I got a set and they had a little, you know, I had two big stands and then a little tiny stand. I was like, what's, yeah. like, what's this for? Did they, you know, and. Somebody told me, like, it's for backlighting. And I'm like, you backlight stuff? You know, (laughs) really? Well, it's a lot like what we're doing with TVs today is you, everybody's putting lights behind their, you know, they're getting these big screens and then they're putting lights, colored lights behind it. And then you can even get smart lights that will adapt to what's on the TV. (laughs) So the lights are changing. Right. And it's important. Right. It looks, it, it really makes it look, hey, just take a monitor. Turn the lights off, it looks stupid. Put a backlight behind it and turn the lights off, it looks super cool, right? Because it, yeah. to your point, it brings the outline of it out, right? Yep. It shows and, the outline.
1: Know, one more little trick, and I'll say this only because my wife used to yell at me all the time. We both wear glasses, and you were talking about the ring light reflections and yeah. stuff. Yeah. These glasses, like yours, are anti-reflective. Mm-hmm. Um, but before, I didn't have those. <laughs> and... You could see everything on my computer screen. You could see the lights were just, I mean, if you go back and look at some of my older videos, you can literally see no, for sure. everything through my glasses. Now you can see kind of if I look up.
0: If you look up, this is why, you know, I have the camera up here, but I'm looking down. That's to kind of keep the lighting, like, you know, to try to keep the lighting um, reasonable uh-huh. otherwise. Because, yeah, you can kind of, if I look up, you can kind of see the lighting. My camera ca- is
1: slightly above my head.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of where you want it, right? You kind of want it. I would, I wish mine was a smidge lower, but it is what it is. And I don't, I don't, I don't care enough. Like, this is good enough for me. That's how and I feel, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. I just, there's people all the time who are like, look at the camera or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't care enough to well, be honest. Do this, and mm-hmm. like,
1: I'm looking at you right now, the screen's yeah. directly in front of me, but if I look, to look into the camera, I have to be looking almost at myself. Right. So if right. I look at you, I'm kind of slightly looking off to the side.
0: But no, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Bob. Bob says, maybe if he didn't have 10 screens, it'd be easier. Oh, you're right, Bob. Yeah. You're right. Producer Bob. You're you're right about that. It's. Uh, Bob's my him. new best friend. I got them all. I got them all over the place. Listen, there's a lot of, this is another area where the technology is getting better. They've got, um, mounts where you can put it in front of your picture or put it in front of the picture of the guest so that you're you're looking through it. Right. Um, they've got teleprompts. They've got some of those kinds of things. My co-host I'm, has a teleprompter
1: and she puts yeah. the camera behind there. And yeah. yeah. I just Yeah. You know, the,
0: yeah. No, it's an it's audio just, podcast. Yeah. We right. Just, right. We
1: just stream it. So I focus no. more on the audio.
0: No. no. Right on. Well Jay, thanks for, for walking us through all that. I do want to ask you a question kind of on the way out as you think about your own, besides the sound stuff that you do, if you think about the gadgets that are around you, what's a, what's a gadget you can't live without, but that's not a work-related or sound-related or, what's, what's a gadget you can't live without?
1: Um, I'll give you a couple. Obviously, I'm yeah. going to give you the, the main one that everyone's going to say is you can't live without your phone. Yeah, sure. Because the phone is just the connection to everything and we do these days.
0: iPhone, Android. What, what's your uh, What's your flavor? I am
1: in the app Apple ecosystem, sir. Okay. Um, okay. I have the iPhone. I have the i. Um, which one? The Mac Mini in front of me here. Um, I have the Apple, uh, the MacBook Pro. All of those things. Yep So definitely an Apple person. Um, the. I'm going to go old school for a minute with you in TiVo. Dude, that changed everything. I don't know if oh. you remember when TiVo oh, yeah. first came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, for sure. It They've came been around the long time. Any yeah. other DVR or anything. That truly changed my world. So now it's hard to watch any sort of live TV or anything like that. Um, home stuff, my wife wants to put the ring doorbell in. Mm-hmm. Um we have the devices, I'll call them so we don't set them off, all around <laughs> the house. Yeah. We have all of them, the, the Amazon-related ones like I have beside me here. And I use it a lot more often than I ever thought I would. Yeah. Um, we have the the Google one and the Apple one. So, I mean, we have a, a, quite a bit of stuff here. So, um, I don't know. I like yeah. gadgets. I like all sorts of
0: gadgets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got them all over. Oh, you mentioned
1: like, the recorder earlier. The yeah. Everyday, I, the Zoom H6. Okay. If you want to just record things or a podcast without having any sort of real setup, like all of the, you don't need to worry about the DAWs, the DAWs like we talked right. about. Right. You don't need to worry about any of that. Literally, tiny little handheld box, plug two microphones into it and talk to somebody.
0: Mm-hmm. And you get yeah, those amazing, are easy.
1: Amazing quality.
0: Those are easy and fairly cheap. I think 400, 400-600 four, depending oh, on yeah. the which one you get.
1: I think yeah, they have all sorts of levels from zoom yeah. whatever up to yeah. 8 now. I yeah. I bought the eight first and I returned it and got the 6. Um only because the 8 was just too bulky and it's kind of shaped like a spider and just had a little it was a little weird to me. Yeah. Um yeah.
0: But no right on.
1: And then one more thing to add yeah, to that. Yeah. Don't worry about quality settings. Like the the standard everyday C D quality is sixteen bit forty four one. Okay. That's it. So stick to sixteen bit forty four one. Um in the world of recording country records, we would do twenty four forty eight. Some people would go higher, but the reality is you can't hear more than that anyway.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I definitely can't hear any more than that because I am ha- I was in the military. I'm half deaf at this go. point. I've lost, you ever, there's some apps you can do on your phone to, like, their are dog training apps and they have a little whistle and you can, you can change the frequency of the whistle, right? And it starts at human hearing and then goes way off the chart. I I only hear the very bottom ones and then they go and if they're like oh no you should still hear this one I'm like yeah no I I got nothing no I got nothing uh so I am glad we don't have to podcast in any of those frequencies <laughs> in fact I end up podcasting with guys a lot I have, I have the ladies on the podcast from time to time too but uh I still have some of that low hearing uh left in in there See and some? so just some, it's not all there. it's still not all there. Cause I was around tanks and some oh, of those yeah. kinds of things that, that, uh, have ruined all those frequencies, but, and some of it's just getting old too. We get old and the, the years just don't quite work, um, but, a, as well as they used to. Yeah. So
1: the ears definitely don't work. I
0: well, know. and I grew up in the eighties, so we put headphones on and blasted them. That's yeah. what that I'm sure that didn't, you know, I'm sure that didn't help either. Although I don't know how much different blasting these things are than you know, which are earbuds than having cans on. No, they're um, worse. Are they yeah, they gotta be worse because they're right there on the eardrum. They're right on your eardrum and they produce the, the <laughs> yeah. higher
1: frequencies that yeah. yeah, you yeah. know screech
0: Jay take a second uh your co-host has been uh has been jumping in here for your podcast. Remind folks again, one more time your podcast, what is it? What do you do and uh and and why should folks listen to it?
1: Fola is funny. She just she likes to be mentioned. I'm sorry, Miss Fola. <laughs> Fola alibi, folaalibi.com is the co-host. Um frenzyandfriends.com is where you can find the show. We talk to leaders from around the world all different industries, not one specific, and we like to drag out the tips and tricks that people can give to climbing the ladder in whatever industry they would like to. So it is definitely not centered on one industry. Um, We work in multiple. I work in security these days, working with all the big tech companies and federal companies, and we provide physical and camera-related security to these locations. And Ms. Fola is a um, project manager. She's a, a leader in the project management field. So you get two different view, viewpoints. And like I said, we just try to pull out the tips and tricks.
0: Sweet. Love it. Maybe we should have you back on, Jay, to talk about the the camera. Can you talk much about what you oh, do yeah. for work with that?
1: We have some amazing technology. Yeah. I mean, absolutely amazing things from robots to Camera systems to AI-driven camera systems to the interactive stuff. I mean, we we've got cameras that'll talk to people that start to approach on property. They'll start mm. communicating because they're run by a, a global command center.
0: Right. So right. you've got
1: people watching them, and they can communicate through the camera. We've got these robots. We got one that looks like a like a dog. Um, we've got one that looks like R two D two that goes through. It's amazing. Oh. Goes through parking garages and oh. stuff.
0: Now, that's interesting. Now, we we interviewed a guy who is, and I'm, and I'm, the name of the company is escaping me. Maybe somebody in the chat room will, will, um, I'm at the end of my Guinness. So um, (laughs) uh, it's escaping me. But where we talked about the AI AI components, because in cameras, AI is important to, I always kind of wondered, like, why is this so important? Well, it's to knock out the false positives, right? It's to, So that you're not alerting on every every single movement. movement, right? Including wind moving the trees, right? From that kind of deal. But, I'd be real interested in, in hearing about some of these other devices that you guys, if you can, if you can talk about it. No, we've got so many,
1: there's so much cool stuff out there. We've got handheld devices. (laughs) We've got the cameras, the robots, the dog robot, all that stuff.
0: Uncle Marv wants to know, does your dog (laughs) (laughs) robot carry a machine gun? Uncle Uh, Marv, you
1: are the best. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, AK 47.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, yeah, let's let's we'll 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 uh, we'll look at some open dates in the as we get to into uh, October November and see if we get you back. Talk specifically about some of those security gadgets. That'd be kind of cool to to to, to to bring those on and talk about. you. Jay, thanks for coming out and being a part of the show. And, uh, and thanks to your listeners as well who showed up tonight. I appreciate you guys coming out. We, we are live every Thursday, 8, p- 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at the TheAverageGuy.tv. If you guys want to join us again, that'd be great. If not, that's okay, too. I don't, we, I've got, I've got a regular group of listeners who come out and, and, uh, and join us. But Bob uh, does a good reminder uh, to smash that like button if you want to do that. Uh, again, I don't live for that. My self-worth isn't tied up in that. But if you want to, it's always helpful for the show. So before you go on the way out, click the Like button. And, uh, and that's always kind of nice right there on YouTube. Also a reminder that TheAverageGuy.tv, powered by Maple Grove Partners, gets secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And if you're just new, we, we've we got a great, uh, he used to be on the podcast. He works for Amazon now, but he's got his own hosting service called Maple Grove Partners, and it's really dynamite. If you're looking to set up a website, he, he's one of the best. And so you can, um, you can check it out. MapleGrovePartners.com plans start as little as $10 a month. And he specializes in podcasters. So, because he built the service around me, which is, su- <laughs> which is super cool. And, uh, and Christian's a great guy. So check him out as well. If you want to join the conversation in our f- Discord group, that's really where most of the activity goes these days head out to TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord. If you haven't jumped on the Patreon bandwagon and want to support the show, super helpful, helps me pay for some things and do some upgrades. And we're getting, Jay, I'm getting ready to build a a VR box that we're going to do. I'm going to try out some of this podcasting stuff in the VR world. My son is all into it. And he's like, Dad, you got to get out here on this thing. This is like the Wild Wild West. This is like when you first started on the Internet in 1997. Okay, but you need a, you actually need a pretty good machine. Bob and Ryan are coming on the show. Bob and Ryan from thinkcomputers.org are coming on the show. On the 29th of September, we're actually going to work through um, parts. So I'm going to ask them for recommendations for this VR rig that I'm going to buy, and then we're going to be putting that together. Um, Also, don't forget, next week, Agent Crew from winespies.com is coming. Jay, you a wine guy at all? Do you do? I know we talked bourbon and beer, but are you a wine guy? No, not a uh, wine guy. We enjoy a glass or we enjoy a bottle every night at dinner. And so, Agent Crew uh, is coming in from winespies.com. He'll join us next week. He listened to the show, and this is funny because he was like, dude, you talk about some serious gadgets. And I was like, yeah, he's like, I've got some wine gadgets. So, we're going to spend some time. Yeah, it'll be fun next week talking about wine. I'm sure it'll be wine and spirits, right, and maybe even some beer. So we'll probably hit all three of those as well. Gavin Campbell's joining us the week after that, and then Dave from Mac Geek Gab is coming out to join us. Uh, Bob and Ryan are behind that. And then I got Edward Wendover coming out to talk about crypto. So lots of stuff coming up. Uh, make sure you don't miss an episode. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, at the average guy TV live. Jay, State, can you stay for a few minutes of a post show? Would that be Would that be okay? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Stay for a few minutes of a post show. If you didn't get questions answered or we'll do some funny stuff, there's some funny stuff in the chat room that we'll bring into the post show. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.